0: Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com.
2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? Day two of the 2019 NFL draft is officially in the books for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is, barring they trade back into the third round because the third round is still going on, they're on pick number 92 of the third round. And so here we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. They did not trade into the second round. So if I would have bet my car, if you listened to the show yesterday, I would have lost my beloved Prius because they didn't trade some of their later round picks to move up to the second round as I predicted. They stayed put, no picks in the second round. And in the third round, they took two players. The first was wide receiver from Toledo, Deontay. Was it? What is his last name? Deontay. For Dave, help me out here. Johnson. Uh, Johnson. That's right. Johnson. And, yes. And then, in the second pick, they took uh Justin Lane, cornerback, Michigan State. And I think the biggest thing was, and I, I kind of you got to get a feel for the fan base. And I'm going to bring my co-host here and in a second. This first pick of Deontay Johnson, people were like, "What? Who? What?" they didn't know anything he's from Toledo it's a small Mac school and so um, a lot of people were just kind of befuddled I think that's a good word to describe the fan reaction so with that said I'm going to bring in Dave Schofield and get his take on the two picks mainly the first one let's focus on the first pick first then we'll circle the wagons and talk about the second pick so Dave welcome to the show and what are your thoughts
1: my thoughts was i would say befuddled was a good way to to say it because i didn't have the guy on my radar at that point i thought when it came to wide receiver that if they didn't get sills out of west virginia in say the fourth round that this guy might be their guy that they would then try to pick up in the fourth or fifth because they they were connected to him some i thought it was a reach at the time And then I listened to coach Daryl Drake's press conference afterwards. And the the best part of that was the story where he did not call Bruce Arians by name, but he said the head coach of Tampa Bay cussed him out.
2: So, yeah. And the thing is he used to work for uh, Bruce Arians in Arizona. So they have a good working relationship and Miles Boykin, wide receiver from Notre Dame, just goes to the Baltimore Ravens and pick number 93. There you go. It's on the board. So we're doing the show live. You're listening to us in replay. um, That's why we're calling out picks. We're not just randomly saying things on a podcast. Brian Davis, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on the pick? Uh, We'll talk first about the Toledo wide receiver.
3: Well, you know, first of all, You know, you're looking at it, and you have all these big names you're looking at, and then you hear Deontay Johnson. It is a name that I've heard of, but most fans did not know his name going in, and so it's underwhelming for me. It was a little bit underwhelming because I expected a bigger receiver, but you know, when you start looking at it, you you hear, like Dave said, you hear what the coaches are saying about him. They obviously, if you're going to pick him with your second pick, but picking pick them in the third round. You have a good grade on them. They know a whole lot more than we do. Um, I'm going to just go back to two years ago when people bitched and moaned about picking Juju Smith-Schuster. I've seen it before. I've heard when Mike Wallace was picked, they're like, who's this guy? Nobody knew who he was. Unless you're looking at these guys every single day in the top 100, you don't know the names. I've got a buddy that um, with the when uh, they noticed that there was uh to him there were no cornerbacks left on the board because greedy Williams was gone and Byron Murphy was gone so to him all the corners were gone because he just doesn't know the names because he doesn't research them and gets disappointed when he looks at the uh, when he looks at the draft board because there's no one left and right away I said to him hey there's a guy on the board from Michigan State we'll talk about him later but he's he called me up and said oh yeah you you picked that right so it's we get disappointed when we don't hear big names. We wanted Chase Winovich at number two because he was a big name. We want these guys that we've heard of. So, I mean, with that being said, Miles Boykin was a guy that people wanted. Hakeem Butler was a guy that I wanted. Obviously, they wanted this guy, they thought he fit in a whole lot better. So I'm fine with it.
2: Well, let's talk about you. You brought up Boykin, okay? Because and and I you could say this with the Johnson pick. You look at the, the the team that they have and you say, where are they going to fit? So when they drafted Johnson, my first thought, similar to what Brian said, is that he, he's not the atypical tall burner on the outside. He's more of a shorter, shifty slot guy. A lot of people say he has a very similar skill set. I'm not saying the same as as Antonio Brown. Uh, good catcher of the football, good hands catcher, combat catches, good route runner. Uh, quick—not necessarily fast, but quick. Um, I just said, well, "Where's he going to fit?" And so then people were talking about. Uh, you know, I, I saw people on our, our our previous YouTube last night's YouTube show and on, on our podcast to say that they wanted him to get Jermaine Pratt in this in to trade up in the second round. And Pratt ended up going to the Bengals, by the way. But wh- what what would you do with him? Why, why would you make that pick? You just traded up to ten to get. Devin Bush, it I doesn't make sense. And even Boykin, like, I don't think they're going to target another wide receiver because where are you, what are you going to do with these guys? Who are you going to get rid of? I mean, think about it. Let's be honest. And, and on wide receivers, I feel like one of these guys, whether it's Eli Rogers or Ryan Switzer is going to be gone. And it's just because they're not going to keep all these wide receivers. I highly doubt they're going to keep three slot receivers. Dave, you agree or disagree?
1: Yeah. It just kind of seems a little bit crowded there now. Um, I was looking at the at the at the depth chart overall um, for the team before the draft started, and last year they did keep an extra wide receiver because of the you know the special teams value of DHB. And I'm thinking I don't know that they're going to keep seven this year. That six might be where they are. But now, it, especially with with guys with similar it was similar skill sets, I mean I don't know. You're I think you're you're looking at the at the pick now and. And, and Switzer and Eli Rogers, and there might be two spots there. Um, but who knows? Maybe the Steelers
2: had something else in mind for him. Uh, Brian, what do you think about that?
3: You know what? I mean, I'm not high on Eli Rogers. I haven't been, but this is a guy that, that they is a big time punt returner and a, uh, not just a punt returner he's a kick returner so that might mean that uh they have somebody that value a little bit more than ryan switzer they're letting it fight they'll let them fight it out but um they do have they're deep enough at wide receiver that they're okay so i mean that's why i don't have a problem with it i yeah they're not going to keep all those guys um i think rogers probably goes first
2: yeah I, I don't think that i don't think they're going to take another receiver i'd be stunned if they do uh, unless you're talking to an undrafted free agent um i think the next few picks are going to be uh positionally edge could be one uh, an outside pass rusher um i definitely think tight end definitely think running back dave am i missing a position that you would add to that list of you know hey here's a position that they could actually add a piece to And we're not talking about what we just did with the wide receivers.
1: No, I think you hit them uh, pretty much there. Uh, Not that jumps off at the top of my head. I mean, I could see them double dipping at one of those positions. I mean, I don't know if it'd be running back, but possibly, I mean, they could really use some edge depth just because they didn't have much there last year, even if it's later rounds where they're looking at uh, guys that could just be practice squad guys Um, also, Tight end depth could be one where they where if they don't draft more than one of each of those positions, you know that they're going to have at least one, if not two more uh, on undrafted free agents for those.
2: What about you, Brian? Uh, Any other positions pop into your head that they could potentially draft that it's not going to be a log jam in training camp?
3: Safety. That, okay. I, th- I really think that they're going to go ahead and look at a safety and I have not seen it. You could correct me if I'm wrong. Is, uh, is Chauncey uh, Gar- Gardner-Johnson still available? Um, CBS had him listed at 40th. We saw some teams looking at him in the, uh, as a mock to the first round. Um, I think that's a, that's a kid that Pittsburgh had been linked to, or maybe it was just uh, Fans hope they looked at this guy, but I think he's a talent, and I've noticed that he's been dropping. If he's gone, he's gone in the last couple picks, but I haven't I haven't seen it. But there's safety; they could definitely help get help with safety. I like him on the edge. I like uh, the kid from Old Dominion. I can't pronounce his name, so I definitely want him because I know Yinzers won't be able to <laughs> uh, pronounce O'Shane Jimenez. I think it's O'Shane Jimenez but I'm not sure, but I want to see, I, I want to see, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans try to pronounce that. So, he, uh, and he just gone, went off the board the way. to the Giants. He, he, he just went to the Giants. So. Yes. Um, so, so I don't think Shimenez is a good fit for the Steelers um, in the fourth round um, <laughs> based on that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So coming, coming full circle here, and I do agree with your safety prediction that brian is a position that they could target um i said this in an article that i wrote briefly after the pick was made for johnson in the third round the first pick and that is that if there's a position steeler fans should be comfortable with them taking and maybe even using the dreaded r word reaching um i think that ride wide receiver would be it uh brian brought up what the fan reaction was when they picked juju smith schuster uh If there's, you might not like it, but you got to trust the process on this position. Cornerback, defensive backs, and, and some other positions, outside linebacker, you have reasons to be skeptical. But ultimately, at wide receiver, you should be able to say, you know, they have a plan for this kid. They definitely took him at that first pick because they didn't think he'd be there for the second, for their second, third round pick. So, trust the process that's how i ended the article and that's what i'll say here before we start talking about okay second round the second pick of the third round and they went with justin lane a cornerback from michigan state this is a guy who grew up in cleveland his family are huge browns fans and so now they have to cheer for the steelers which is hysterical um they came to a winning team so that's fine uh but ultimately this is a a player that several scouts websites had as a potential early second, maybe even late first round player, slides all the way towards the end of the third round. Steelers get him. Talk about a value pick. And Dave, you were talking before we went on the air that this is a player that's not going to have to start right away. And that's a good thing. So tell us a little bit what your thoughts are on Justin Lane coming to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what uh, it was Coach Austin that did the press conference after um, after this pick. And, and that they were saying is that he is someone that will take a little bit to develop. But if you look at what the Steelers are looking at a corner right now, then that's the good place to take someone like this uh, would be this year because, you know, Joe Hayden's only under contract for one more year. I'd like to see him get another year or two added onto that, but that's me personally. Um, And we, Stephen Nelson's come in, you've got to see how he's going to, going to fit with the Steelers. So you've got people that are already entrenched, they're ready to go, that would automatically be higher on the depth chart which means they'll have time hopefully to develop them. So um, I I like to pick. I actually said that if you just switched these two picks, I might've been a little bit happier, but it really doesn't matter because it's the two players that they got. I felt that this, this pick at this point of the draft was a steal.
2: Yeah. I mean, they got the two guys. I mean, who cares if they picked them first or second? I mean, other than even the slotting for the salary is going to be pretty much the same. It's not going to be too much difference there. Uh, Brian, what were your thoughts when they got lane in the, se- in the second pick of the third round?
3: Well, I was elated one because I texted you before the pick
2: this and, um,
3: in my, in, in my uh, knee jerk reaction for the entire round, I had him listed as a guy that I wanted them to look at. Um, he's six um, one site listed was six, three CBS gave the grade an a, um, You know, I know the coach said that it'll take some time to develop. That's fine. But he's not a project like Brian Allen was from a few years ago, a big guy that was a converted wide receiver, just like this is a converted wide receiver coming in, being Justin Lane. Um, I think it's just very interesting that he was, he was mocked as high as 27 in a lot of places to the uh, Oakland Raiders. Um, I saw him in a lot of mocks, very, uh, um, late in the draft, he he's one guy that uh, picked up a lot of steam. So I'm really liking this pick. Um, like Dave said, like you said, he doesn't need to start right away. You have Hayden, not just you. You have Hayden, you have Nelson. You also still have Cam Sutton to go ahead and compete for a job, and already Burns is competing for a job. So you you throw this guy in there, and don't forget, and don't forget about. The fact you have Mike Hilton as a slot corner. So now you've got more depth at that position than you've had in years. You've got more depth at inside linebacker than you've had in years. And now you've got more depth at wide receiver, not in years, but you've got more depth at wide receiver. So they definitely they definitely have an identity for this team that they want so especially at wide receiver and corner they know the guy they want i like that they went bigger on corner and i like the fact that this is a physical guy they could also play some man to man
2: it's it's interesting that you know you look at their free agent acquisitions what did they get inside linebacker a hybrid guy but inside linebacker a cornerback and a wide receiver their first three picks inside linebacker cornerback and wide receiver not particularly in that order obviously but if you're wondering what their positions of need were um they'll tell you they went bpa and best player available but at the same time they're obviously um our positions of need now i brian i i i i had tried to keep it in I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit as i watched josh scoby go on stage and announce the jacksonville jaguars <sighs> pick and it brought back just some horrendous memories of the josh scoby experiment Boy. and those missed field goals against the ravens that year that was 2015 or 16 it what was that, 15 That's what I thought. No,
1: 15 it's the josh Scobie yeah and he's debacle. The, uh,
2: yeah the debacle
3: <laughs> yeah i mean that was uh that was four games of just utter garbage and uh especially against baltimore oh. where uh where Michael, Michael, Michael Vick, Vick was doing everything Michael to help yep. them win that game. And uh, he was terrible that game too. Um, but Scobie just blew two kicks and really, I mean, they could have beaten the, um, on Thursday night, beaten Baltimore. And it was just really disgusting. The next week they bring in Boswell. He goes crazy and does real well until he waited until 2018 to flame out.
2: But there was a, there was a kicker in between those two, was there not? That, it was before that. It was Jared yeah, Hartley. Hartley. So he was before Scobie. I, I knew it was
3: Hartley. Yes,
2: he hurt his hamstring. He hurt his hamstring. I remember him coming up lame on a kick. Boswell was the fourth
1: kicker. So Yikes. it went Hartley, Scobie. Um who I think I I think I've hit more field goals in Hinesville than him. I'm you know, just from kicking at the at the fan blitz strap <laughs> party. Um and then of course funny. Ball.
2: So, okay, I didn't want to go off on a tangent. Well, you
3: are the prototypical. <laughs> Dave is the prototypical kicker. I mean, he's got I kicker size. kicker. Don't knock it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, now Dave, you said you had a stat key question for tonight.
1: Yeah, it, well, it's kind of leading in, into tomorrow. Um, I just want everyone to understand the value of of tomorrow still, that the Steelers have... What they have? Do they still have six picks tomorrow?
2: They have one in the fourth, one yep. in the fifth, three, three in the sixth, and one in the seventh. So six yeah. total draft. So they still picks have
1: remaining. have six t- total draft picks, and and here's why. Not in, obviously not counting two thousand nineteen because it just happened. Uh, the The three previous drafts of the Steelers, they have drafted twenty two total players. Of those twenty two players, only four of them are not on the roster right now. Do you guys know what four they are
2: um, together? Okay. How so, many drafts
1: is that Dave? It's the last three years.
2: Okay. So Joshua Frazier's one. That's one. That was last year. Yes. That was last year. And so you said there's four total. Yes. All right. Um. Shoot. I'm trying to think Brian, you know, any,
3: well, yeah. Um, Holba. I was going to yes. say,
1: Jeff. How'd you not <laughs> remember? <Hobart?" laughs>
2: I try but, to forget but, that guy. Colin, was
1: it Colin Hoban? Colin Holba, the,
2: Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Okay, long, two. Long, those two. Those, those were the two
1: guys that never even made the practice squad. The other two guys that aren't with the team anymore were at least on the practice squad, and they were both from three years ago. So there, so there, you got 2018, okay, so 2017. So the other two were from Keon Adams. No, he's still on the team. No, he's Keon still Adams.
3: Yeah, he's he's still on the team.
1: And he's still on the um, team. Um, I'll, here you go, Brian. Um, you ever watch the TV show Boy Meets World? It's been. What well, was the name of, of their it's teacher? Oh, Travis Feeney from Washington. Yep,
3: <laughs> Travis Feeney from Travis, so Travis Feeney, Feeney from. Uh,
1: from Washington, that guy—that
3: guy,
2: yeah, guy was—he uh, was the one him. He,
1: got, he got poached off the practice squad yeah, by the Saints.
2: I forgot about at him at the
1: end of the year, and then yeah, he ended up getting he cut. looked sculpted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the only one actually it. actually played a few games for the Steelers, and then they tried to put him on the practice squad the next year, and he chose to go somewhere else.
3: Uh wide receiver from Houston. Yes. Um, uh,
1: that he was he went to New England. Eight. Air, yep. airs Ayers, Ayers. Yep. Marcus Ayers. Marcus Yeah, the de, the de, Marcus Ayers. Those are the only four players in the last three drafts that are no longer with the Steelers. That just tells you that that's that that you keep up with every pick is important because they might not last past the first four years, but those guys, when they're under their rookie, rookie deals to where they don't cost a lot, are gonna be guys that are, that are gonna stick around, at least on the practice squad.
2: Yeah, the Steelers do not like to part ways with draft picks. They really don't. they, they will. I, I was stunned that even a seventh-round pick in Joshua Frazier last year didn't make the team out right. So, Brian, what were you going to say? I know you were ready to say something.
3: I was just going to ask your opinion, both of your opinions on how many draft picks over a five-year period, um, like actually just take one draft and what percentage of uh, picks to hit in their career out of a draft. What are you looking at, 40% to be a a successful draft? Because I I have friends that... I think they're misguided in the fact that they think colbert can't draft for anything and they think that we draft the pittsburgh drafts horribly because they're not hitting on every pick well what do you mean by hit and i just don't uh, hit i mean they're just not getting guys to uh to really shine and be starters so how many starters do you expect out of a draft
2: well Not every player, not every player is drafted to be a starter. That's the one thing I liked what Dave did when he did the article before the draft. And this is an article I asked him to do when it was to look at the day three picks. And how did you list those? Just to use the verb, make sure the verbiage was correct. Dave, you did. Well, you did high value. Right, and then high
1: value, good value, and low value. I used high value because it was Martavis Bryant was the first one, so I thought that was appropriate. Yeah, and then I just went.
2: Up, we lost him. Up, is he back?
1: With special teams, made the team, and kind of what you would hope to get out of that round. And then the low value was just a code word for bust.
2: Yeah. So, but to answer your question, Brian, if if you have ten total draft picks, and you have you're taking all ten players. I would say that if you have fifty percent of those players are contributors in some way or the other, I see that's a successful draft. Is that a notable draft? Is that a notable draft? Like a, a draft that you're gonna say, man, that draft was great. Like I think about you, you think that as you see things unfolding, you look at 2017. Let's talk about that draft. I mean, that's gonna be one of those draft classes where you say. That draft was really, really good. When you talk about Watt, Smith, Schuster, James, Connor, so I think it all depends. It's, it's, and we don't, we can't really evaluate these draft classes until later on the road. But Dave, if you had ten draft picks and you take all ten players, what's your percentage?
1: Well, it depends on if you're stacked early or late, um, because I, I rather than look at the number of picks, I look at I look at the round. I look at your first, the first three rounds, you're going to be getting guys that are going to stick on the team. Fourth round is you hope to. Fifth round on, there's not even a guarantee that those guys are going to make the roster. Those are guys that, that you would, that if they're, if they're good enough, they can make the roster. If not, you can at least hopefully get them on the practice squad. So that's why I look at it. So so you're looking at basically almost just slightly over half the, the, your draft that, will definitely make your team the beginning of September. So that's, that's just the expectation.
2: Okay. Uh, uh, Brian, do you agree or disagree with what we said in terms of answering your question?
3: No, I I agree, and I was going to agree with you beforehand because I I kind of thought what you said, but I wanted to bring that up as a lesson to people that are completely down on the front office, and especially the second round, the second pick in this in the third round, excuse me, the first pick in the third round, being Johnson. I mean, you said earlier, trust the process. Look, they know so much more than we do. They scout this every day for a year. They're looking at these guys. They know what fits their teams. I am sorry if I'm offending anybody, but we don't. We go to our jobs and we look on the internet and see what Mel Kiper Jr. says and we see what Todd McShay says and we read it and it's gospel. And you know, these guys, they don't know what's going on in the front offices as well. So whoever they draft, I'm pretty fine with i figure they know more than i do
2: yeah and, and everyone I, I can't stand how everyone you know always considers themselves to be smarter than the general manager and i i'm not one of those people i openly admit that i don't follow college football that closely it's just there's just too many teams too many players i feel like it's too watered down and it's also too top heavy for me uh but still um it's just a tough process i mean you have a scouting department that's scouring the country all throughout the college football season. They're going to pro days. They're going to all-star games, doing all this stuff to try and narrow down a pick that in analyzing players that you probably know are not going to be available to you. It's a tough process. And and if you can get that 50%, I think that's your money in the bank. But let's go back and let's say, uh, let's go over some grades because I, I, I like to do this each day. Yesterday, we graded the trade up to get Devin Bush. Now we talk about how do you grade day two, so we're not just looking individually. I want you to say, okay, if I'm grading the overall day, what grade do you give the Steelers, Brian? We'll start with you.
3: I'm just gonna give them a solid B. Okay, and that's uh that's really splitting the difference because I had an A on uh, Lane and I had a B minus, I had a B minus on uh, Johnson, so right in the middle.
2: Okay, what about you, uh, Dave? What, do you, what grade do you give him? You were pretty. You were pretty upset when they picked uh, Johnson. You were very, very upset. No, I wasn't that yes, upset. Yes, he was. Brian will admit it. You were upset. He was upset. See, you Brian. were, yeah, dude. How do you measure tone you, in you a were
1: text it. message? <laughs> come on, come dude, on, dude, no. dude. I mean, I no, love you. Dave. There, there, I, I love something... you, but you were you were pouting. Well, yeah, well, because there, there's something that I need to get over, and I've said it draft after draft, and I use the I use Juju as the example, is that you sometimes it's so hard. Like Jeff is asking to grade right now on today, you have to look at everything because I like that. I really like that wide receiver. I think he's going to be a great great wide receiver. I'm so hung up on. I think they could have got him at a different pick and still had someone else there, but I don't need to be that hung up on it. I know a lot of Steeler fans wanted Winovich. I don't, I thought they might go Winovich, but I didn't know that the Steelers themselves really liked him. And he's 24. He's, I mean, you know, that's, that's another thing. All the guys they've drafted so far, all underclassmen. Um, They were all, you know, represented at their pro days. And when, and, and when I hear when I heard coach Drake talk about, he's like, there was a lot of people at, at, at Johnson's pro day and a lot of people were trying to be there under the radar. He was the sleeper pick for people. So I like him as a player. I wish they, I wish they would have had more draft value at the time, but that's not really that big of a deal. I need to get over that. So once I get over that, I'm going, I'm going B plus. (laughs) He's, he's getting worked up right now. He's getting so fired yeah, up about this. Thing. I know because I don't want to be. <laughs> I want to just be like the fans because that's one thing that people are stuck on. And you guys are like, <laughs> I'm, "Okay, I'm going to say it." Brian Brian told me that I've read too many comments on the message boards, but I'm the <laughs> I'm the community manager. I have to read comments on the message board. I have to help moderate. So uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were upset with they that. Got you. <laughs> A lot of people in the live chat were really liking the wide receiver pick. They are. And maybe because people that didn't like it were mad and wouldn't watch. Um, Who knows? So the, the more I think about it, and especially the more that I heard from the press conference, I went from, man, why'd they take him here? To like, okay. They 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 knew what was going on in the background, and they knew where he could possibly go, and they made sure they got him first. But to, one other thing I want to say about the whole thing, Jeff, I'm very, um, because I'm glad the Sealers didn't trade back up into the second because. I don't see anyone that went in the second round, that I'm like, gee, if only they would have traded up and got them. Um, I, I felt like they had a lot available to them in the third round where they picked.
2: I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers put in a couple calls. calls. Um, and then when they started to see the chips falling, they said, we don't need to, we can just kind of stay where we are. And it, it, I think it worked out for them. I, I think that if you were to ask a, a scout or even Kevin Colbert himself, he probably wouldn't have said that they would have changed much about the draft if they could. Uh, I think they really like this receiver. I don't, I didn't know a thing about him. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I watched any Toledo game film because why in the world would I do that? But I trust people like, uh, you know, for instance, Bruce Gradkowski, who actually does the announcing for Toledo. It's he's an alum. And he loves this pick. He thinks it's, this guy has a lot of Antonio Brown-like tendencies. And the way he runs his routes, his yards after the catch, is a short area speed and quickness, I trust his opinion. So, you know, I'm a fan. I'm going to read that. I'm going to take that for what it's worth. Uh, so there you go. But in terms of grades, I didn't give my grade. I'll give him a solid B, just a straight-up B. I, I didn't – there wasn't anything that jumped off the page at me. I thought they were val- good value picks. Uh, some people might call the first pick in the second round Johnson a a, a reach. It's a wait-and-see pick, period, because I know nothing about him. It's a let's see what this kid can do. Uh, I, I trust the process with the wide receivers for sure. So, uh, okay, um, let's talk Jeff, about the, Yes, uh, yes. one quick ahead.
1: question about that. The fact that it was a wide receiver that the Steelers were – that supposedly reached – does that make you feel better with it being the Steelers? I oh, know with yeah. me, it sure does. I'm like, if you're gonna, that's that's one position that I trust them more than anything. If you were gonna, if you were to tell me they reached there on a defensive back, if they were to take someone that was projected to be in the sixth round, in the third round as a deep as a defensive back, I it would be a lot harder to swallow.
2: Well, don't but, say that to Brian because he'll get all fired up because they they're great at drafting defensive backs. No, <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's not what I'm saying.
3: Okay, do you want me to get into the whole Senquez-Golson thing? Because I can. I can actually defend that pick.
2: Well, um, okay. But, okay.
3: but here, here's here's my question to you, and this is a legitimate question. So Seattle trades up for the last pick of the second round for DK Metcalf.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm starting to wonder if if Pittsburgh, if Metcalf was available to them, if they still go Johnson from Toledo over Metcalf,
2: I was going to ask the same
1: question.
2: I see. I think, so they, I think, they, if, do. If
1: they ha- I think they do too. It, if they, they were the process, set. They seemed really set on that pick
2: Metcalf, I did. I, so I, I did, support it. I uh, Metcalf. I did a scenario where the Steelers actually, he fell to them in the first round because so many people had Metcalf as the first receiver off the board and stuff. And, some people said, I, I saw some comments on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com where they said, How about how he had such tight hips and that his two cone and three cone drills were just awful? Tom Brady's combined times in the three cone shuttle and the shot or the three cone drill and the shuttle were faster than DK Medcast. They showed that on ESPN. And so I'm sorry, but in terms wow. of what the, what the Steelers do offensively, and how they move the ball and kind of matriculate it down the field at times, he doesn't fit their scheme. It, that's it, that's a guy that's not going to work in the Steelers system offensively. So why do he, he's a flashy guy. He can go down the field straight at a straight line speed. But in terms of those, Think back to, you know, this is something Lance said last night, you know, you got to replace those 15 touchdowns. Antonio Brown's touchdowns rarely were just a straight line go route. They were, Typically, either yards after catch, uh, post routes, uh, work in the sideline. Those are things that Metcalf does not do well. And throwing the fact that he's also injury prone, I don't think that – I personally don't think they would have taken Metcalf. Dave, what do you think?
1: I, 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 w- I thought it at the time. But now that I see what I see with Johnson and what they thought of him – I don't think they will. Like I said, leading up to that pick, I thought, oh, are they going to do this? Are they going to do this? And then he went, I'm like, oh, well, well, then I guess they'll go Winovich <laughs> because that's what everyone thought. But no, yeah. um, like I said, that's not, the, the team gave no indication of that. The more, I, the more I hear about this and the more I compare this guy's skill set, the more I like him. Um, I think I heard when they played Miami, so it was one of their better opponents that they played and was some went against some really good defensive backs. Um, six, six receptions, a hundred and some yards. I'm thinking like a hundred, I'm 119. I don't know exactly. And two touchdowns. So against. This has
0: had a big game. That's what you want to see. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called the, the, deal. Deal. the Deal.
2: Listen to the deal.
0: Listen to the deal on Spotify.
2: Yeah, and that and think, here's the problem is that in the mag you're not playing a lot of top competition. It's not like you know Devin Bush played at Michigan, considered one of the best defenses in the nation. And he faced a lot of really good offenses in the Big Ten. Um, Johnson doesn't have that on his resume. So, uh, Brian, I think you said you'd agree you would not have taken Metcalf over Johnson.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, after uh, after the process, I mean, I would have probably been uh, hoping for Metcalf because I didn't know much about this guy. So, yeah. But in hindsight, being twenty twenty. I get it now, especially the fact that this guy is a precise route runner. So that's exactly what Ben's looking for, because what was the uh, the reason what was one of the reasons that caused the Antonio Brown divorce? Because at, at points, AB was freelancing and. Ben mentioned something about a route that he ran a flat route or, um, that whole situation. And it caused a rift. This gives Ben a guy that's running precise routes and he's going to try to prove himself. Now, is he an upgrade over Antonio Brown? Hell no, I'm not trying to say that. All I'm saying is that you've got a perfect guy for their scheme. Like you mentioned, Jeff. So, I mean, yeah, I think they did the right thing by, uh, by picking him and if it w- if metcalf was on the board they probably would have done the right thing but in this whole draft process with mock drafts with with everybody like we mentioned before we crave the sexy pick we want what we see on tv we want uh we want oreos okay we don't want hydrox cookies we don't want the uh the generic giant eagle brand we want the name brand but when you look at it, you can go ahead and get the uh, the generic or off brand and do very well for what you're doing. And no one cares and knows the difference because the quality's just as good.
2: Yeah, so I, I think, you know, so let's look at day three coming up tomorrow. Coverage starts at 12 o'clock. Um, so day three typically is over around four or so because the, the picks are flying off. You, you've even noticed on day two how much faster the um, picks were being submitted, and the round just went by quicker. Uh, so I think that what fans need to realize is, let's look at some, and, and Dave and Brian, you guys are perfect examples. You can look for the Steelers to be targeting like a Jalen Samuels type. And don't be shocked. They have three sixth-round draft picks. I don't think there's any chance. But then again, I said this last night, I put my Prius on the line. I'm not doing that again. Um, I don't think there's any chance they actually take three players in the sixth round. I think that if they, there's a player that they like, let's say it's a running back. Let's say it's a tight end. They might take one of those sixth round picks and they say, Hey, we'll swap whatever round we're in fourth round, fifth round. You can take our extra sixth. We want to move up. We want to take this player. I would expect the Steelers to make at least one more trade in this draft. Um, But ultimately I I think that the, uh, this team you still can find impact players. Jalen Samuels, like I said, was a fourth round pick. Um, Try to think of some other recent fourth, fifth, sixth round picks that have panned out guys. Uh, Dave, Brian, anyone? Well, Jalen
1: Samuels was a fifth round.
3: Pick.
2: Fifth round. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Any day, right, three, Brian. any day three Martavis
3: guys. More Davis. a day three guy. Um, You know, he would have panned out more if he wasn't, if he didn't have abuse for uh, substance abuse problems, but I mean, he panned out for a little while. He was a good player, but he dropped because of his problems. And a lot of people knew that, but Vince Williams is a, D, a day three guy. Um, he was a sixth round pick. Um, you know, I've, uh, I'll give you a day three guy. Now this is 15 years ago, but I'll give you a seventh, a couple seventh rounders. Um, one a is Brett Keisel. Yeah, I think he was a 7B. I think he was the second pick in the seventh round. Um, we've got, and gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Calvin Beecham was the seventh round pick. I was going to say,
1: not only was um, Calvin Beecham a seventh round pick, he was their fourth seventh round pick. He's the lowest numbered pick. Him and Keon Adams were tied under Kevin Colbert, 248th. Uh,
3: wow. And, of course, you've got Antonio Brown that, I mean, somebody's going to mention that I didn't mention him. And we know that he was – everybody knows he was a sixth-rounder. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But, yeah, the guys are out there. I mean, you could go ahead and develop the right guy. Um, Colin Holba was really the best pick, and they let him slip through their fingers. But he was a
2: sixth-round pick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, that's Jeff's guy.
2: I'm sorry, what did he say? He said he said they had Colin oh, home, but they let him slip Holba. right
1: through his fingers.
2: Oh, my gosh. I still so. remember typing that. I almost felt bad hitting the publish button on that article when they drafted a long snapper in the sixth round. Seventh round, I get. You know, you've gotten all the players you want. You don't. There's no one else really available. Hey, there's that long snapper from Louisville that we think could be the next uh, Greg Warren who could be our long snapper for 20 years, and then he doesn't even make the team so um I
3: th- jesse james too i think jesse james jesse james was a server yeah, them very pick. well
2: yeah. yeah so um and like i said br- uh, dave did a whole article on those so i'm, I'm just trying to say that th- there are players that are drafted on day three at so many times fans will just tune out day three Full rounds four through seven they just brush them underneath the rug and say no, these players don't really matter there's still value in those rounds you just have to be patient see what the Steelers do and really pay attention if they were to trade up in a round for a specific player. Uh, if they trade up, the Steelers really want that player and you could go back and even Mason Rudolph and I'm not going to go off on a tangent on him but he they tr- they trade with Seattle to move up to get him. And it's because they really coveted that specific player at that spot. So, guys, to end the show quickly, um, any parting words for our listeners? We'll start with Brian. Brian. Keep the faith. There he is. <laughs> keep the
3: faith. And understand, once again, that they know what they're doing, as even though we think they've lost touch with everything after all these years. Um, I like this draft. I like the process and just enjoy it. And research some of these names. Just don't go off, uh, you know, just don't go crazy because you haven't heard of them. Because there's a lot of guys that you've never heard of that you love. I guarantee you, none of you knew who Hines Ward was. I guarantee you, none of you knew who oh, juju there's some of you that didn't know who juju Smith schuster was nobody knew i didn't even know who antonio brown was so the, it's just just trust the process and this is their job and you know the you know the pride that you put in your job they're putting pride in their job their job is just
1: in the spotlight so just have fun with it
2: yeah very good dave any uh, parting words
1: yeah um Someone I'd like to see him draft tomorrow, even if they have to trade up to get him. And that is, um, if I can get the name right, Brian might have to tell me It's Foster Moreau, tight end out of oh, LSU. He's still on the board. Yeah. That is a position of need. That is someone I would like to see them go get. But I'm also going to trust that if they don't, it's because there's someone else that they like. That's also, I think, what happened with uh, with, with Johnson is, why take a different wide receiver there when you knew you wanted him and you don't need to draft more than one? So, especially high. So, yeah, so I trust the process. Brian is right. Trust that the Steelers know what's going on. This is the hardest of these three days to, to, to talk about, because the first day you're talking about the glory of the first round and the excitement of it. Today, you're going to, and everyone knows the first round names, if you've spent any time with everything. But then you're getting into names on on day two that you don't know, then tomorrow is going to be much better because when it's all said and done, you can look at the draft as a whole. And it's so much easier to look at the draft as a whole to see what the Steelers got. And they're like, oh, well, why didn't they take an edge rusher with their second pick? Well, that's because they had an edge rusher that they liked better that they're going to get in the sixth round. So things, things like that are are what's going to shape up. So tomorrow, still lots of value. And it's, it's really going to put everything into perspective.
2: Yeah, and I'll, I'll finish it up with uh, kind of piggybacking off what you guys said. When you're watching film and doing research on these college guys, keep the film, take the uh, take it in with a grain of salt. Because I'll give you an example. If you're watching uh, a Mac film, I mean, I'll never forget watching Dree Archer highlights and saying, holy cow, I can't wait to see this guy just run wild on the National Football League. And what happened? He did not run wild on anyone. He ran himself right out of the league, essentially. And he just never was able to duplicate that success because it's a completely different game. So when you're talking about, okay, oh, yeah, I was watching film on uh, Johnson from Toledo he's going up against Mac competition. Now that Miami game, that might be a little bit better gauge, but it's all, all these players are going to be waiting to see. Sure. Devin Bush's film from a big 10 school, like Michigan, where they have such a difficult schedule is going to be more impressive than say Johnson's from Toledo. But at the same time, you know, you have to, you have to keep everything in perspective. So that's important too. So uh, with that said, just remember that if you're just now following the show, like let's say you just popped onto YouTube, I'm looking at our live chat right now. We have over 200 people again for the second straight night. That's awesome. We appreciate it. If you have not subscribed to the show, subscribe. We do weekly podcasts on this channel. Uh, you can go back and check them out. We do the standard as a standard. Myself and Lance Williams. We have the My Show The Burning Question, and then our the trio that you see right now, the Steelers preview guys, uh, but also follow us on our podcast platform. We do five shows a week. It's anywhere where you search for podcasts. That's Google play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere Just search Steelers behind the steel curtain. You'll find our podcast, subscribe and uh, make sure you check those out. And as always behind the steel We had, I don't know how many articles we had up today, a ton of articles before the second round of the draft. If you're a Steelers fanatic, and I say that intentionally, If everything you love about the Steelers is, man, I just love the black and gold, there's no better place for you to be than BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So with that said, guys, thank you for your time. We will be back tomorrow after day three. We'll be a lot earlier in the day, but when the picks finish and we're all wrapped up, we will be back to talk about the day three draft picks, who they got. Maybe they traded up. Should you be excited? Should you be disappointed? We'll talk about all that tomorrow. We'll see you on another episode.